previously on Funny Science Fiction. I think in one of them, I think even uh, you say to your mom, don't worry, I'm not going to blow myself up. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this is Grot, bringing you David Sobolov and the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast where space is not the final frontier, just an unfortunate key on your keyboard. So today we have a special guest host for you. Uh, many of you might remember Andrew uh, from our live show a few weeks back, but we have Andrew Morrison back with us from the VoiceOver Coffee Shop podcast. Welcome, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? Excellent. But our guest, our guest of honor today is the amazing voice actor, David Sovolov. David, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. So you guys at home playing the home version of Funny Science Fiction might recognize David's voice from his work as uh, Drax in the animated version of Guardians of the Galaxy, Gorilla Grodd and CW's The Flash, uh, Blitzwing and 2018's Transformers movies, amongst a litany of other things. So uh, you are right up our nerd alley. So this is a this is a really cool chance for us to get to talk with you. So listing some of those things there, uh, I got of course, some of those things I, I knew, but some of those things I, I found on IMDb. And I have to say, you have an extensive and impressive list of work. Some of the things I was not familiar with that you were attached to. Um, the one that impressed me the most, and this is just because I'm a ridiculously large Star Wars nerd, mm -hmm. uh, was the Vader Immortal game. Um, and, and especially because I just got to play that a couple weeks, uh, about a month or so ago when I was down in Virginia visiting some friends. And it's first off amazing game, but secondly, was this just a job for you, or are you a Star Wars nerd as well? I'm more of a Star Trek nerd, to be honest, than okay. Star Wars. But I love Star Wars, and right. that was my favorite Star Wars part. Uh, that it, it was so it was weird because like I play a lot of creepy parts. I play a lot of cold villains. He wasn't. Mm -hmm. He was sort of like ethereal. Yeah, because you didn't really know if he was real or not. He kind of. I don't want to give it away. But it let me do some really fun things with my voice and, and with the acting. And they were super nice, too. The Star Wars people are always so nice. Yeah, I, I like to think so. I hope they are. Yeah, because the, uh, the the Korvac story is actually pretty cool. It's, uh, it's, that's, that's, a, that's a really cool role that you got to play. And, I, I, and when I, Yeah, and I found out afterwards, I'm like, I get to talk to that guy. So anyway, that was kind of cool. <laughs> is that a cool moment, though, when you're like, I know that voice, and then I get to see that person? Yeah. That's like my favorite part about doing this. It's so much fun. So Tim actually shared an article into the Funny Science Fiction Facebook group about how um, Dave Batustia, the other Drax, thinks that Marvel dropped the ball on Drax's backstory in the movies. Mm -hmm. And that they didn't do him the justice that he deserved. So as a fellow Drax, do you mm -hmm. agree with this article? Do you agree with his Well, uh, you have to understand, too, that when I play Drax in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy animated series, they call it a feel-alike performance, um, not even a sound-alike, and the world is also slightly different. We, we kind of touch on things that are in the movies, but we go off in different directions. Mm -hmm. So, really, I think at my level, I just am happy to be there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you guys write whatever you want. I'm not going to complain about it. I mean... Dave, Dave is at a different level, and and he can sort of get into the bigger picture, you know. And he's the he's the feature film Drax, right. and I'm sure he has very passionate feelings about this, and I do too. I want the work to be great, but you know, I just kind of say, you know, the writers and you guys out there are much more involved in the plots, to be honest, than I am. I'm involved in giving you a great performance, and 
I live in the world of the character, but I'm not really that, I'm not too super worried about, you know, what they do with it. It's really up to them. It's so far beyond my pay grade. <laughs> That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Fair enough. Because I mean, I think uh, you know that for me, I'm just happy to be working. At the end of the day, and um, these people invite me into their homes, and they don't have to invite me in, but they do, and and I'm lucky. You know, I, sitting at home, and you know, I mean, this is sort of for for older people, but there was a show called Happy Days uh-huh. um, back mm-hmm. in the '70s, and I'm sitting at home as a little kid watching this thing, and I'm seeing you know the mom, Marion Ross, I'm like. Oh, this is a great character. It's you know fun watching this show. How could I have ever imagined that in Guardians of the Galaxy she'd be standing right beside me playing a role of a villain? Right. And oh, for me, cool. that was that yeah. was sort of a, a big nerd moment, just to have you know people from my childhood standing beside me, you know, having a conversation one time with Tim Curry before we went in to do a session, and people like that. It's like oh, I get to meet word. this person. How lucky am I? Right. No, that's awesome. I was very grateful. Able to talk when you get to meet Tim Curry. Oh my word. Well, what you I have to do when you meet a really when you meet a really big celebrity that you idolize or that you think is really amazing and you've just see, seen all your life, you got to turn that off and just talk to them like we're talking. Because you know they, if you want to really connect with them, you can't really. Oh, 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 that that won't really get you anywhere in terms of you know getting an experience that you can take away. You know. That makes a lot of sense. So fangirl in the back room, business like up front. Gotcha. Well, you, okay. can, you can you can fanboy. I'm sorry, I keep talking over you, Kathy. It's the connection, <laughs> nothing personal. Um, you can fanboy inside, but it's great. You can get a lot more to take away. Like I said, if you have a great conversation with them, and, you, and don't talk about show business, just talk Excellent. about the world. Okay, good advice. And you're known for some very very iconic roles, um, and a part of some very nostalgic franchises. But what do you feel like a role that you've gotten where you felt like you put a piece of yourself into that character, where you read that script and you're just, oh, no, th- this is me. This is just me all the way. Well, um, there was a show called Kaijudo that almost no one saw. It was on the Hub Network. Uh, that network only existed for four years, uh, only was in half the country, if that. And there was this part uh, called um, Tatsuri and the Unchained. He was this great, big, angry monster, but not really because he had a heart of gold kind of thing. That's kind of me. I mean, this great big guy. And I've walked into rooms before and people are worried about how I'm going to behave because you know, they think I'm going to like, tear up the furniture or something. But, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty much a teddy bear and, and he is too deep inside. And that was kind of fun. You know, he had some emotion. He wasn't just angry. So that was nice. Right. And, and I hope some people see that show. I thought it was All really right. special. Yeah. Kind of, you know. Okay. Well, I'll make sure my daughter finds it because... Um... She's in this huge anime kick right now, so that's I'm sure that will go a long way with her. So yeah, she'd like it. All right, cool. So one of the things I like to talk to uh, creative people about, and, and now what I can pe- consider people creative, uh, whether they're drawing, whether they're writing, whether they're mm-hmm. using their voice to create, uh, because you do create with your voice. You 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 know make things come to life uh, with your voice. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to find out what inspired them along the way and set them out on their quest. So with you, David, what was the inspiration for you as a young man? Or when did the inspiration come for you to look into voice acting as this is what I want to do for my my work? Well, this was sort of the end of the road. Of, well, I mean, the road continues, but the end of the road for that part, part of my life when I discovered it, when uh, I went from being a musician uh, to being an actor, I was a French horn player. 
and I used to play in small ensembles and pit orchestras, and I was also a singer, and I toured with an acapella group. And those things, I was always looking for something, okay, I want to, want to work in the arts. I don't want to be a starving artist all my life. I want to actually be able to do this full time. And it kind of found me. You know, the voice was out there. You know, whenever I speak, you hear this voice. And somebody heard me in a play and said, hey, come on, let's do villains. And I'm like, okay, I never thought of it. And I started doing it. I really liked it. And they seemed to keep wanting to bring me back. So it just sort of snowballed. And now it's been 25 years or more, almost wow. 30. Wow. That's cool. All right. So uh, do you remember what play you were doing when, when they found you? It was, something ask, I, it was something I was doing at the University of British Columbia when I lived in Vancouver. It was a student thing. And okay. All I remember is that I had a pitcher of water thrown in my face. That was one of the things that happened <laughs> as a character. <laughs> he, was, he was actually really horrible to women, and a woman threw that in his face at a restaurant. And then for some reason, there was some magic that happened, and he changed and became a nice guy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I was just about to ask you: Was the water thrown because you were a bad actor, yeah, or was the water no, thrown because, because it was part of the no, play? That would, been, that would have been tomatoes. <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> so I was listening to some of the other interviews that you've done, and there was one that I listened to this morning that they were you were talking about your enjoyment of things from the '40s, '50s, and '60s, mm -hmm. and that you had mentioned that you collect product packaging is that correct yeah they're all around me um i'll grab a couple things here that i could reach here's a battery from the 1940s oh that's so cool <laughs> um here is a piece of gum let me find the one the oldest one here I'm losing my earpiece let's see this is from I'm trying to find the old one well this one's for the 1920s oh wow whoa it was the perfect gum there was no other apparently this is from 1918. It's a little oh, bit cool. different. And then they, they all fancy stuff on the back. Look at AIDS digestion. It's double strength. I don't know if I want to try the single strength one because why why would you want that when you could have this? Well, yeah. Sweet sweetens the breath. Yeah, stuff like that. I've got like 1940s Ritz cracker boxes full of Ritz crackers. That was buried in a in a barrel behind a, a cabin in Oregon sealed in wax in case the japanese attacked the oh. food there and when they leveled the, the, the cabin they found this thing and they were selling this stuff on ebay when i got it it still smelled like cheese it was perfectly preserved uh, <laughs> so do you have a favorite piece i mean you've got some pretty cool stuff well the best thing is behind me this microphone from nbc in the 1940s yeah, that's oh. pretty cool that's, oh, that's pretty nice. cool yeah. i wanted one of those all my life i just got that about five years ago that is That's really awesome. cool. Yeah, when in that interview when you mentioned product packaging, I'm like, I, I was trying to figure out what you meant, and I was thinking Coke bottles, but spearmint gum is way cooler. Well, there's all sorts of stuff. Let me just see what I have here. Um, X lax. <laughs> and I'm just gonna reach to whatever whatever I grab. Let's see. What's this? I got a whole bunch of stuff in front of me. What's this one? Oh, it's radio service. Check that out. Yeah. Anyway, you don't want to see everything in my collection, but I enjoy it. No, no actually, no. Cool. It's, it's it's really cool. In, in fact, when I was looking over uh, our list of questions for today, and I saw the product packaging thing, I'm like, <laughs> like the the wrapping that goes around. That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking like the mm -hmm. wrapping that went around the packages, like you know when you see the like the, the outside boxes, not the, mm -hmm. the actual individual. I'm like, I'm like that's a really unique collection. Okay, <laughs> but you know, hey, 
<laughs> do you do you know what these were used for? Uh, let's see. Columbia Long. That's a uh, uh, for a record player, isn't it? Yes, it is. You have to change the needle every couple of records. Sometimes yeah. even every record. Yeah, and the old that was for the old seventy eights, wasn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. The old Victrolas and stuff. Yeah, that's neat, man. I uh, I really like your. I, I I find it interesting when people collect different things. So for me, I your collection is kind of cool. I like it. Well, I started when I was ten. You know, I know. I sorry, so sorry, Kathleen. Your your voice is really faint, and I think that's why I'm talking over you. Sometimes I don't hear it. You're a little far away. Sorry about that. that. Um, so my mom was a singer in the '40s. She was a swing singer, and she kind of inspired me to look at that era and be more interested in it. So I started collecting stuff when I was ten, and I never lost interest for some reason. Well, that's cool. Well, it beats the pants beats the pants off my Funko Pop collection. So nah, it really, really does. I love the number of voice actors that have musical influence behind the voice acting. That has been mm -hmm. a big thing when we've been talking to voice actors. That either their parents were singers, their grandparents were, they were in band, whatever. I love that it all comes back to music because music is the heart and soul for me. Like that is fabulous that your mom was a singer. Like that's just too cool. Thanks. Well, it it's if you think about it, there's a lot of musicality to these characters. There's tone, there's pitch, um, there's um, staccato, legato. You know, it could go, you know, I'm going to talk like this. And it's got a musicality versus I'm going to talk like this. It's very different. Um, but I play characters. I don't do voices. So you'll often recognize me in different parts. I'm not really even worried about that. I'm not trying to mask who I am. It's going to come out, but it's all, I kind of feel like I'm an on-camera actor the way I approach it. So, you know, it's just me playing a different reality. I studied with this guy named Sanford Meisner. He's a famous teacher a long time ago. And he, yeah, he, he was my teacher back in New York when I was a kid. And he he would say, acting is living truthfully under given imaginary circumstances. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing more imaginary than animation or video games or Grodd, you know, on The Flash or Blitzwing in the Bumblebee movie. Um, but it's a heightened reality. So you play it naturally as if they were there. I try to keep it in the moment. So I'm kind of living the character as he lives. And then, yeah, you add a, you add a voice print. That's what they call it, a voice print on top, mm -hmm. just to sweeten it. But to me, that's the icing. you got to have the cake. Or you're just eating a, you know, a handful of sugar. I like that. That's cool. And voiceover, it require, um, as a voiceover artist, I understand that it takes a lot of time with um, auditions and, and marketing. And this is a very demanding industry. What do you do outside of the booth to kind of recharge your batteries? Um, well, play with my products. <laughs> my own products. Um, you know what I do, too? I actually, uh, this is literally because it's just fun. I sell on eBay, and I sometimes can, because I have so much stuff, I'll get tired of it. You know, and I'm like, okay, let's sell this thing. And then you get great. It's very much like doing what we're doing right now. You get responses from people that love this stuff, and you hear more history about it. And, you know, it's fun. And then I can recycle things. Like, I'll sell something and then buy something new. That's all. You know, some. But I'm getting into sort of, like, things that are, are more like, I like them to look like they came off the shelf. Mm -hmm. Like, very little damage in some of the stuff I have now. I try to get the pristine stuff. And it's definitely pricey. You know, so it makes sense to sell stuff so you can pay for it. Nice. And also, just, and I'll, I'll sometimes buy collections of things and just slowly sell them. And it literally is just for fun. I, I, you know, I identify with that because so for years I was an eBay power seller and that's what I did, you know, um, 
And even recently, I've been selling things on another website um, so that I could feed my own addiction. And that's how, you know, a lot of these things behind me showed up. Mm -hmm. uh, I would sell something at the house I didn't need it, need or want anymore. And, you know, when that money would come in and be sitting in my account, I'm like, I could transfer that to my bank account. Or I could or... get three of these <laughs> things over here that I've been looking for. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and so it. You know, I look at it as I'm trading with with people. Okay, you're you're giving me this thing so I can get this thing. You know, the something so, I didn't want for the something I do want. There's something that I'm trading out now, and actually, to be honest, the message on it bugged me because it's kind of like it's of another time. It's very much like women are in their place, which I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. Wise wives work wonders because only a wife would be touching this product, right? It's not cool. So, I mean, this is from the 1870s. Oh, wow. And time for that to go go away, I think. Somebody else could like could enjoy that. I don't like to see it. <laughs> it was fun for a while, but like, you know what? That's not the message I want to be looking at. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Um, other than other than selling on, on eBay, anything else you'd like to do to, to stretch your legs? What do I do? Well, I'm very social with the people I care about. So I like to, you know, now during the pandemic, it's, it's starting to get a little better in Southern California. So okay. it's it's so cool in the last week or so, now that I've been fully vaccinated, I'm meeting up with my other fully vaccinated friends so <laughs> that we can see each other again. And that's been a lot of fun. It's it's kind of like going away on a long trip and coming back and yeah. seeing them. Yeah. yeah I used I to be like really into the gym, but, you know, I've got to get back into that again. You know, a lot of us sort of got out of it while while COVID was happening, so I'll probably um, get back into that too. Yeah, and that's, and that's pandemic bodies. Yeah, I'm gonna figure out a way to lose my pandemic fifteen to twenty, whatever. I I'm afraid to step on the scale. I know it's more than than what I'd like it to be. So uh, let's see. All right. So now, inherently, David, some jobs uh, are harder than others. Now, even if it's the, the same basic tasks and skills that we used um on a previous job or a previous uh, project uh so for you as a voice actor what was one project that was harder for you to do that maybe necessarily wasn't physically harder but it just took more out of you to complete um there was one and it kind of goes along with that product i just showed you there was this um was it, i'm trying to remember the exact game i think it was 50 cent bulletproof and I had a character that was uh, extremely white supremacist, and this really bothered me. Mm. Uh, we, we agreed we wouldn't get into politics or anything, and I won't get too deep into that. Sure. But just when I'm portraying a character that's really ugly you know, in, inside, um, that's hard for me. I can do it, and I think I do it well, but I have to sit for a little while afterwards and just shake him off me. You know, So that, that was a tough one. And then physically sometimes, there's I've learned to speak up a little bit more about the screaming in the video games because you know a cast director told me that there's only one person in hollywood that can scream more than an hour and still sound like their character and it's Kiefer sutherland <laughs> yeah because he has kind of his voice is ruined anyway you can hear it yeah he was, was very he was raspy, scratched, raspy yeah, to but, begin with but i try to limit it to two hours of screaming i used to do roles where it was four hours of screaming you know, and oh. i did this i did this one fairly famous role it's um call of duty modern warfare lieutenant vasquez Oh and, yeah, yeah and that, that was four hours of screaming every few days for a couple of weeks, and I lost my voice for six months, and I thought my career was over. Oh my word! And oh, I man. and I learned that was a big milestone for me, just to learn. Okay, I'm human. I need to just remember that I'm human, and 
speak up. You know, two hours is enough. Is there anything you do to kind of extend that stamina just out of curiosity? No, I mean, at a certain point, think about Blitzwing. If you guys know that role in the Bumblebee movie, Mm-hmm. And the screaming that I did in that, I was actually feeling faint after every take because I was screaming so loudly. Um, you know, I've heard instances where, and this is not like poor me, I'm just telling you physically what happens. You know, I've seen some actors that really do pass out. There's a famous story from Fred Tattisher when he was playing the Hulk. He actually passed out, fell on the music stand, and was out. And then he got up and got to the couch, sort of staggered over the couch, and they used the take because the sound of him um, kind of vocalizing as he passed out was apparently very cool interesting uh, but you don't want to go there you don't want that to happen to you and right because when i play when i play a character like blitzwing it's going to be on an imax screen you know how big is that thing you know right 200 feet across or something well 70 yeah. feet across 70 feet across or something the performance has to be bigger than life but there's only a certain there's only so far you can go where it goes beyond what's human and you got to try to remember that. So, you know, that, that was the last role that I played where I really just felt, you know what, we're only doing a few lines here. Let's really go for it. And the director, Travis Knight, is such a fan of Transformers and such a nice guy. And to work with him directly was great. Usually when you do a movie, you work with post-production supervisor. You don't usually get to work with the actual director of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got the same experience on Alita Battle Angel uh, with Mr. Rodriguez. And... Um, it's nicest people. It's it's amazing when you meet these tippy top directors. How they're actually really really down to earth sometimes. Because they're the, we get the same goal there. We just want to do a great performance, um, make the film better. Um, mm-hmm. There's no weird ego or the, the stuff you would see portrayed on TV as being Hollywood. Because at the end of the day, we're going to work, and we want to you know, produce a great product for everybody. So, Travis, um, we did that first line. Did you think you could hide? If I did it right now in my home, someone would call the police. <laughs> and they always say that the uh, a sound booth is a great place to murder someone because you scream like crazy and people go, oh, they're just doing a part. They're just doing a part. <laughs> and then they can just you know dispose of the body later in the evening. Or <laughs> so he was, that, the, with, did you think you could hide? It was one session. Okay. I did, that was one session and it took about an hour and we did it maybe 20 times. But I was definitely feeling faint during that and i don't think it was a medical issue It was just that i knew that this was the opening line for this character and initially it was the opening line of the film the other scenes they put in later they were actually going to start right from the credits boom right into the forest and i felt a responsibility with that uh-huh. and yeah you just have to you just have to learn to, to be human anyway enough about that <laughs> not, not about that <laughs> no i was enjoying the story so you could have kept talking i was I was enjoying yeah. it, so. And I, I, I am a little bit troubled with how quickly uh, Andrew agreed that you could kill somebody in a sound booth. He's, like, over there shaking his head. <laughs> I mean, we, we sit in padded booths all day just repeating words over and over. I mean, we would be, be the people to do it. it well, sense. I'm saying if somebody heard it from the outside, they'd think nothing of it. But if right. they heard it from my home, they'd be calling the police. Right. You know, if, you, if somebody's screaming, did you think you could hide? Like, oh, no, there's a murder going on. Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're in the studio, and it's totally normal. we got to be cautious of some of these scripts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, David, we're at the point in our, our show where what we like to do is uh, play a little quiz with our guests. 
Uh-oh. So we're, we're hoping that you will be game for this. Um, I don't know how well I'll do, but go for it. <laughs> All right. Well, so here's here's the lay of the land for the quiz, okay? It's, it's a five-question quiz. Mm-hmm. They're all multiple choice. Oh, well, all that right. makes it easier. So, yeah. So we're hoping to make it a little bit easier for you. Now, if you get three of the questions correct, we'd like to send you this mug. It says, I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Okay. Okay. That's uh, uh, a stip- that's part of our, our show. It's an actual charity? Uh, actually, yes. Uh, it, t- it ties into the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation. Well, so, you don't send me stuff. I send you stuff for charity. So just if I win, I send you something. That you, okay. give, that you sell and you get money for charity, okay? Well, I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll, I'll send you something anyway, and you send me okay. something. Okay, we'll we can call, exchange. We'll, we'll exchange. Trade. And then if you get four questions correct, we want to send you this book, which is wow. Custodians of the Cosmos, which is uh, written by our, our group founder, Drayton Allen. Awesome. And so what this is, with you being a Trek guy, you'll probably like this a lot. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it written about, it's written about someone who wanted to join Star, Star Trek, uh, the Federation, washed out of the Academy, and instead, he decided to join as a custodian so he could boldly clean up after those who boldly just went. <laughs> he boldly cleaned where those yeah. boldly go where no one's gone before. Boldly yeah. clean where someone has gone before. Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much the premise of the book right there. So, and if you get if you get the four correct, uh, we'll send you the mug and the book, and I'll make sure that uh, Drayton autographs it for you. Okay. Oh, okay. Sounds great. All right. So now, however, there has to be a fun sequence. We call it a fun sequence because consequence sounds bad. <laughs> so if you only get two questions correct, we'd like to take a picture of you and make a meme out of you and put it into our, our funny science fiction group, which has over 125,000 members right now. Okay. I'll, I'll find an appropriate product package for that meme. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're, we're good to go. Kathleen, kick All it right. Off. Question number one. Why is Drax angry? Mm-hmm. A. Thanos killed his family. B. Ronan killed his family. Or C. Groot killed his family. Oh boy, I, I, I always forget this. I think Ronan killed his family. Thanos, Thanos, or in our in our timeline, I think I think Thanos ordered Ronan to kill his family. It might be different in Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Can both of those? I think both are acceptable answers. They are both. It was a, kind of a trick question. Both are acceptable oh, answers. So, in the comic book lore, Thanos killed his family. In the movie series, Thanos ordered Ronan to do it. Yeah, I think that's what we did too. So, so. I'm right. That's yes. You are right. <laughs> it just <laughs> long and short. Or it my asterisks are right. Right. That's right. Long and short, you're correct. All right. Question number two. What initially? Gave Gorilla Grodd his powers in the Flash TV show. In the TV show. A, mm-hmm. exposed to gamma rays. B, drank a poison or a potion. Or C, energy from the particle accelerator. Boy, um, it's probably C, particle accelerator. But, it, well, but I mean, it was a force that came over everybody. So was it gamma rays or the particle accelerator? I just know that, you know, the, the thing happened and everybody got their, their powers. But what was the thing? How would you the particle accelerator. Yeah, well, I, okay. Do I get yeah. that right? You got, so you get that right. <laughs> All right. So if you get another one right, you're past the uh, you're past the fun sequence, and you get the cup. The fun sequence. Okay. All right. Question three: Team Flash sent Grodd to what place? A. Gorilla City. B. Central Park Zoo. Or C. <laughs> Central City. Uh, Gorilla City. Correct. You are three. safe from being memed. 
And you <laughs> get right. a bug. Even All right. Better. All right. Question number four. In comic book lore, Drax was at one time A, a renowned actor, B, I mean, a renowned chef, B, a medieval actor, or C, a factory worker. Wow, that's not what we did in our show. Can I hear the answers again? A, a renowned chef, B, a medieval actor, or C, a factory worker. Well, in our show, he was a wrestler. So that's, that's one of the timelines, yes. Yeah, but that's not that's not the one you're talking about. This is comic book lore. Yeah, we'll say medieval actor. But I think he wasn't really that old, so I probably I'm probably wrong with that. You are correct. I'm correct. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, two series. Yeah, it's the well, 1602 it, series. It's the medieval series that they did about about the, the the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's it's an offshoot series. You know, it so. kind of it kind, if you think about it, it tangentially, it kind of aligns with being a wrestler because it's you know an active thing, mm -hmm. a performance thing. And the, most importantly, you get the book now. Yay! All right. So question five is we like to say it's just for funsies when you went four for four. All right. Question five. This character helped turn Mustafar into a hellish wasteland of lava. A, Lady Corvax. B, why do you do this to me, Tim? Massage <laughs> Ventress. Massage Ventress. <laughs> or C, Padme Amidala. Let me hear again. Um, one more time, please. Uh, A, Lady Corvax. B, Massage Ventress. Or C, Padme Amidala. Well, I um, that particular role was so ethereal. I was so into the just sort of feeling of the character that I wasn't paying as much attention to the plot as I should have. But I'll say A. You are correct. Yay! Jolly good. Five for five, sir. Five for five. Well done. We need to make the quizzes harder for the guests and easier for Kathleen for, to pronounce. <laughs> do, you, do you usually have the quizzes about the, the, uh, the shows that the guest has been in? We yeah. tried to make it a little bit easier for our guests, yes. Well, that's actually harder for a lot of people. It's usually harder for me. It was a fairly easy version of that quiz. You could have easily stumped me. I was I was actually, I was kind of hoping to with, with question four. I felt like you guessed on that one uh, about the uh, the Drax uh, being the medieval actor. And I was kind of hoping to to uh, stump you on question two about, about Grodd. But, you know, you got it anyway. Yeah, we I think plot-wise, plot anything that Grodd did, I was pretty familiar with. Was, you know, definitely deeply immersed in that one. Well, dang it. Close <laughs> enough. But five for five anyway. All right. Well, thank you. Awesome. So thank you for being on the show with us. Where can people find more about you and your previous work and what you're doing now? Okay. Um, you can find me in, in social media, my last name backwards, at Volobos, in most social media. Um, I have a website, soblob.com, and if you want to check out any sort of autograph situations there, it's uh, soblob.com slash shop. You can order any of my characters signed directly from there. Um, the new thing that I'm doing is uh, Malphite in Legends of Runeterra. That was just released about a week ago in the game Legends of Runeterra. And, of course, um, Drax is still on Disney+. Plus. In Guardians of the Galaxy and other things coming up that are NDA. There you must go. have so many people on here that can't talk about stuff, but yeah, that, that's what we all have to do. Fair enough. But even mentioning that there are things that you can't talk about is still exciting. <laughs> for me, I don't know about for you. <laughs> oh, it's so exciting for us because then it's the wait, is that him or isn't it? 
He couldn't tell us, but now we think it's him. Oh, you know what? I can hint at one thing. I, I spent the pandemic creating an animated series, and it's just about ready to try to uh, show to networks and to, uh, to uh, studios, and hopefully we can get that on the air. So there'll be more about that coming up. Awesome. Perfect. Excellent. We like hints. Yeah, and I'm sure that Tim and Kathleen are going to get all those episodes in the episode descriptions so that people can find you in all of your other works. Wonderful. Uh, all right, Thanks we wanna, for having me on the show. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. We want to remind everybody uh, just real quick that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help us get more amazing guests like David here uh, and, and guest hosts like Andrew to come on and, and spend their time with us and, and chat and have funny moments for you to listen to. So please take your time. Go uh, subscribe to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop. Listen to Andrew. Uh, over there and his great guests and check out David's work uh, as well. And if you're not happy with the content of today's video, all you have to do is submit in duplicate form, of course, to Drax the Destroyer. He's the head of our complaint department. Now, it may not feel like he's taking your complaint very seriously, but he is. It's just that he's working on mastering the ability of standing so incredibly still that it's invisible to the naked eye. It's so slow. It's imperceptible <laughs> thanks again david this was fantastic oh you're welcome thank you and thanks and thank you andrew for joining us as well and david thank you for your time oh great to, great to be here have a great day thank you everyone thank you for watching in the podcast description on behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by Funny Science Fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.